Welcome, Chinchilla Pickers. Hey, in this episode, I did my best to try to uh, demonstrate my limited knowledge of physics, and I compared stocks that when, when they drop in price, good stocks that should come back up, when they drop in price and they start to bottom, and I said they had kinetic energy. What I meant to say was potential energy, and I corrected myself in this podcast, but a full minute went by before I corrected myself, so I just, I didn't want you to go a full minute thinking I was an idiot, so I'm putting this correction at the beginning of the episode, which is a great episode, by the way, so I hope you enjoy it, Uh, we're going to have a word from my pre-recorded commercial for Anchor, and then we're going to get on with the show. Hello, Chinchilla Pickin'. This is the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. My name is David Underwood. I'm here with Brandon Beaver. We always hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. It is July the 8th, 2021, Thursday night. Brandon, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, you can say that again. It's been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week, man. It has been a crazy, crazy week. I um I tell you what, the temperatures have skyrocketed here where we're at in Ohio. I don't know where everybody else is. Temperatures have skyrocketed. It seems like things have settled as far as prices. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get, we'll dig into that as uh our conversation goes along here. But you know what? I'm feeling good. I've been out it, there working out, Brandon. Prices. I've been working out in the teeth. And we'll get to this, but price, with prices, it's all about the 10-year yield. It's all about the 10-year. Is it all about the 10-year, though? All about the 10-year yield. That's what you need to be watching. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We'll get into that because I agree, but uh, we're going to talk about another relation in regards to that, too. We're teasing the rest of the show, and we haven't even started yet. We're, <laughs> we're teasing the second half of the show, guys. Because I have a feeling our first half is going to be taken up by one main topic that we're going to go go on about here for a little bit. Anywho, guys, rules, rules, rules. Here's the rules. They have never changed. They're always the same. Brandon and I get together about five to ten minutes before we record the podcast. We tell each other what we're going to talk about. We do not discuss it. We save that live discussion for here on the show. We decide who's going to go first. This week, Brandon Beaver is going to take the lead. Brandon, head us off. You know, sometimes... When crazy things are happening, the bears take over in the market, the, the prices start to drop, and there's there's bad news everywhere you look in, in a stock that you're in or in stocks that you're in. You just need to take a breather. You need to take a step back and, and think about what's happening and rationalize it, and then you make your decision. Then you make your decision. You take your step. You say, everything's going to be all-. Listen to some Bob Marley. Everything's going to be all right. No, I, I I don't uh, I don't think you should be singing, man. No, oh, yeah, just, no, no, Brandon, no cry. <laughs> and then, and then you're good, okay? Because yesterday and the day before, okay, so we we had the news of the DD went public. The, the the China company, the Chinese company, the ride ride hailing company went public. Uh, rose sixteen percent a day after its initial offering in the U.S. Uh, public markets. A rally was crushed the next day. Uh, China suspended the company from registering new users. It took it off all the app stores, which is where it gets 90% of its revenue. And 
they say they are going to do more testing and they're going to do more inve- investigation. The cybersecurity review will take 45 days for per- preliminary investigation results. Depending on the results, subsequent reviews could take longer. Now, with that being said, even though the app is gone from Apple and Android, and new users are barred, there's still a ton of users on this app that can still use it. It's still, like, downloaded on their phone. They still have access to it. And I saw an interview with a a driver for Didi, and he said he's not really worried about it. He thinks it'll blow over. And he has enough rides right now to get him through for quite a long time. So... Is this overblown for Didi? So I, I, I want to I wanna talk about Didi from two different perspectives here, right? So if, if you're going to talk about Didi, there's the, there's the Chinese government regulation perspective, and then there's Didi, the company and business perspective. So let's, 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 before we get into Chinese government, because that's going to take us on multiple different paths there, right? So let's talk about the one that's going to be more uh, centralized and focused on this, which is the company perspective. As a company perspective, if it is only 45 days for this uh, investigation, whatever, to, to finish, that's going to be just fine because, like you said, DD has a large customer base. The reason why DD is pushing for the IPO now was also because of all the autonomous vehicle taxis they have going out. So they have all these, they have two major cities coming out with electronic vehicle, autonomous, no no person driving, just uh, a computer driving the car around, do, giving taxi rides around town. So DD is going to be saving a lot of money on the overhead of people. Plus, they're, they're going to have it all be electronic vehicle charging. And they don't lose their subscriber base they have right now, which was large to begin with, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about China, which has over a billion people. So this is a big, large subscriber base to begin with uh, that DD had. DD, just from that perspective alone, Brandon, just from that perspective alone, DD was a buy at 16. It's a buy at 11. It's a double buy at 11. What, what I did was, as, as it was dropping, I kept buying more and lowering my cost basis. And I'm going to continue to do that because DD is a buy right now. Now, in sympathy with Didi, Alibaba had $12 billion of market cap wiped out just yesterday, more today. And this is where I had to step back and sing my Bob Marley to myself because I'm an owner of Alibaba and I own Baidu and I own Tencent. I don't own Didi, but I own those things. I own Didi. So between the two of us, we own all four of these. Yes. But it's – I had to step back – you know, I got a, I got a, a a news bulletin on my iPhone saying that Alibaba was fined by Chinese regulators, and there was no information about how much they were fined. So I had to do some digging to find out they were only fined about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which to them is a drop in the bucket. And to lose twelve billion dollars in market cap of that on that reason is it's a, it's a little bit crazy. But then you dig a little bit deeper. And you've got these variable interest equities, which is what Chinese securities are. In order to get around the law that foreigners cannot own Chinese stocks, they set up holding companies in like the Cayman Islands and the British Isles, 
And that's the stock that you're buying are these holding companies. They promise their profits to these holding companies, which by the way, that in general, it doesn't bother me because if you, if you look into the insiders of these stocks, Alibaba board members, the CEO, same thing with Baidu, they all own this. They all own the same stocks that we do, right? So the incentive is still the same. They don't want it to tank. Because if, if it tanks, it's going to take their personal wealth down with it. Um, so that doesn't bother me. But what does kind of start to bother me, what I think the biggest risk here is, is that China and their regulators have came out and said that they're going to do something about these variable interest equities in the structure. And the thing, like what people are starting to suspect that they might do is to only allow companies to structure themselves in this way once Beijing, the Chinese government, gives their approval. And then this will also affect companies that are already listed on the New York Stock Exchange and, and Hong Kong, because Hong Kong's not considered mainland, so they have to trade on these VIEs as well. Since Hong Kong is trading on that and we're trading on that as well, there's no, there's no way for foreigners to get around that, right? But what the Chinese government is thinking about doing is requiring that approval, and then companies that already are in that structure will then still have to seek approval from Beijing when they want to issue new stocks to the market. So if they're wanting to sell more stocks, they're going to have to get approval. But the stocks they already have on the market, they're good. Yeah, we'll see. correct? Yeah, and there's $2 trillion. There's $2 trillion in Chinese equities, and these kind of structures, I seriously doubt they're going to wipe away $2 trillion in investment. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want to jump back for a second. If we can, please. I want to jump back for one second here, Brandon. You, we're going into the Chinese regulation. And there's a couple different areas I want to talk about that. But first, you know, let's let's talk about the actual companies themselves. Alibaba. Is Alibaba, if, if none of this Chinese regulation existed, because we're going to talk about that in a second, I want to separate the two. So if none of the Chinese regulation problems existed, would you buy Alibaba oh, right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I still own it. That's why I didn't sell it. Um, I mean, I bought more today. Maybe I should wait for the dust to settle, but I did anyways. Yeah, absolutely. The company is operating on all cylinders. Other than this, there's no reason to be bearish. Okay, so what about DD Global? I would say the same thing about DD Global. The only problem that I have with DD and these regulations is that they're not profitable yet. And these other companies, Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent are. So it's a little, little less risk. Well, yeah, you had, to, you had to go buy a whole fleet of autonomous driving vehicles. That costs money, <laughs> right? man. I yeah. mean, that, that takes a big investment. They, You're not going to be profitable. They did actually make a profit, I think, last year. But it looks like they're not going to this year, and it's probably because of that investment in autonomous vehicles. Yeah, but that will pay off dividends going forward. Right. I, I see a big upside on this, especially if you didn't buy last week when I was covering this and you, you and it dropped. I see a huge upside for yeah. you buying right now at 11. Yeah. There, you know what? There's, there's a few different ways this could go. It could go the worst case scenario, which is the least likely. Where Beijing steps up and says you can't list in the Cayman Islands and no more foreigners are going to buy. It's a small risk. It's like 1%, 2% chance in my mind. But it's there, right? 
It's on people's minds. And that's one of the reasons why these stocks are trading so low and why they're a buy right now. So hold on. So all right. So you really want to push this? This go into this government regulation thing. Let's go into it. Is it in the Chinese government best interest for their economy to do that to these stocks? No. So then, why would they do that? Now the Chinese has the hundred year plan. They're looking out to the future for the best of the party and the best for its growth and to be the number one superpower economically. That's their goal, right? In, in the future. So if that's your goal as a country, you wouldn't tear down these stocks. You may, yes, you want to punish them for not coming to Shanghai first and listen there. And I get that for the way China has always operated. That's typical for their operation of, of how they do things. Okay, they do the 45-day uh, suspend of, of these various activities, such as new users and such. And they do their, their testing, and then they come out and they say, all right, you're good to go. That's mm-hmm. what I see happening. They do they do the slap on the hand and they say, Don't do it again. Here, let's go. Because I, they I, can't they don't want to hurt these companies. I kinda see Zai, and I'm probably not pronouncing his name right, but I see him as sort of like China's version of Trump in a way. He's got a very Trumpian personality. Right? So Jack Ma came out and insulted the Chinese government, which is the uh the CCP. Not, like, overtly, but he did it. He insulted the regulators. And then I think this is literally, this is a pushback. This is them saying, we don't want anybody more powerful and more influential to us, so you better bow down to us to play the game. And, I mean, this is one of the reasons why Didi came out and said, yes, sir, thank you, sir, may I have another? I don't know if you saw this or not, but Didi came out and thanked the Chinese government for the new regulations, because they have to. You have to play by the rules yeah. of the game of the country you're in, yes. You know, I, I understand that. Just like in the United States, the reason why, like, we don't have Apple taxi cabs everywhere right now is because there's so many regulations yeah. that they have to go through. Now, the other view to this is that Chinese internet companies for years, and I'm not a fan of regulations, everybody knows that, but for years the Chinese internet companies have been highly unregulated for the most part. These structures that are set up in the Cayman Islands and the British Isles have had, they've been concerns of investors for a long time because those are unregulated as well. Now if these regulations get passed and they are reasonable, regulations it could actually be something that makes these entities as legitimate as all the other stocks in the world and maybe actually drives up the valuation all right all right yeah it's possible it's possible i just here's here's what i see as the most probable scenario china does a slap on the wrist to dd just like they did to alibaba but then they went ahead and let alibaba continue with what they were doing did they not yeah all right, so, so that's just what they're going to do with Didi. They're going to let them know, hey, we're in charge. You know, you made a mistake. You went to the New York Stock Exchange first instead of Shanghai. Here's what we're going to do. Didi's going to take their punishment. They're going to get through it. And then the outside, they're going to run like business is normal. And the stock's going to hit 20. That's a possibility that it's going to fizzle. Maybe they are benevolent. And maybe they are really being careful and worried about user data. That's possible, too. That, I mean, yeah, that is, I mean, the fact is that we just don't know. And, and We're then, taking our best educated guesses yes. based off experience, based off uh, what we know about 
other companies have gone through the exact same thing. And I keep pointing back to Alibaba from earlier this year, which we covered on this podcast, I think two months ago, yeah. about what happened to them and the regulations. Did we not? Yeah. And you've got the other situation, too, where in three years, these Chinese companies are going to have to start submitting to audits by the U.S. government to continue to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And unless, I mean, the Biden administration could do away with that. It's possible. But also, this could be... I'll be out of DD by then. I'll be be out of DD by then. This could also be, though, the Chinese government saying, hey, no matter what the U.S. government does, you have to play by our rules because you're our company. It could be an intimidation tactic. I think it's more of an intimidation by the Chinese trying to say, please follow the rules, do it our way. Um, which, which, which they have a right to. It's their country, and you know that that's their rules, and yeah. that's the the way they want you to play them. I, I have a, I, I believe in every country should have the right to run their country how they want to. Um, now, with, as far as DD, I, I think it's a buyer. I can't see, I cannot see the Chinese government allowing DD to go down to zero just because they listed on New York Stock Exchange right. first. I can't see they, them doing that. They don't. I think the Chinese government first and foremost, and this is another thing that plays into this they really don't want another luck in coffee situation they don't want that kind of embarrassment on a national scale so that could be another reason why they're trying to regulate these companies that list abroad and other on you know the new york new york stock exchange to make sure that something like that doesn't happen again okay all right i i, I can i can see that all right I'll give you that. So many different ways that can go. Only time will tell. But I can tell you this. China is, in my opinion, where a large portion of the globe's economic growth this year and in years to come is going to come from. And Alibaba, Baidu, Tencent, Didi, all big companies. Listen, here in the United States, if you're going to get a taxi, if you're going to jump on your phone and, and get a taxi... You're saying, the words that come out of your mouth are, I'm going to get an Uber. If you're in China, it's, I'm going to get a DD. It's, it is their equivalent. So, very much, like, brand recognition is there. It's a huge company. I, I do think you buy. If you have a weak stomach, though, maybe, maybe go into an ETF. ETFs are a safer way to play it. I do believe I'm with you in agreement, though, that the Chinese economy is going to outpace uh, America's by a a large amount this year. And there are ETFs that you can actually buy that are based in mainland China that list their ETF here. And those stocks that they buy are actually the Shanghai stocks. So it's an indirect way to actually get your hands on Chinese grade A stocks that are listed in the homeland that aren't going to deal with the VIE situation. Uh, so you know, it's possible to do that as well. Now, having said everything we said, what do you, what do you think about what the, the uh, they came out and said yesterday in regards to they are going to go ahead and uh, I, I forget the terminology. Man, I'm getting old. I, I'm losing the, the correct word here. They're going to devalue the currency again, though, a little bit. Uh, because And they didn't list a reason why. We and should when, thank when them. I've the, when I've seen them go ahead and do this type of thing and, and devalue their currency on purpose, it's usually because they see an economic slowdown coming up. Yeah. Thanks, idiots. You're all economically illiterate, and I seriously despise the Chinese Communist Party, but thank you for being so stupid because our grocery prices are way too high, and you're going to help 
ease that burden. So we should well, be yeah, thanking well, them I mean, for being on, stupid. Brandon. They got they got to <laughs> keep the the products they produce low cost so that people will continue to go there for the manufacturing. Yeah. Because if their currency goes up in value, it's going to be cheaper to make it in Mexico or 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 Haiti yeah. or some other place rather than yeah. China. Yeah. Right now it's still cheaper to make it in China. So people make it in China so, and ship it. So now it's going to be cheaper to buy it here in the United States and more expensive to buy it in China. Yeah. That's how it'll work. Yeah. They're hurting their own citizens and they're helping us cheating their own people. And, and it's really for the benefit of a few corporations that export to, and then the benefit of us. And I don't, I don't know if they realize that they're benefiting us. I don't know if they but the, know that I mean, or not, but, but does that but them announcing that yesterday uh, change your opinion on anything we just said? No, or is it all still the not same? Not on China. Listen, Alibaba, the, the return on equity is insane. The revenue growth was insane. And they're down for the 12-month period. They hit a new 52-week low this this uh, today. A new 52-week low today. I've never seen anything like that before. A company operating as greatly as Alibaba is. And now you got the Delta variant of COVID hitting China. So, I mean, online's going to be an even bigger thing again in China this year. And yet, Alibaba has tanked to its 52-week low. Yeah. It's a buy. Yeah. There's risk. There's risk well, with, I mean, with the, anything. The, 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 the news that I've been reading on the Delta variant and the COVID outbreak in China is that uh, most of the people who have gotten sick had the... Um, Chinese version of the vaccine. Oh, really? And that it wasn't as effective as other versions of a COVID vaccine. Pfizer actually came out and is announcing that they are uh, have been have been working on a uh, a booster for the Delta variant, and it's going to be coming out very soon. Well, we got going through testing to get approved yeah. very soon. That's interesting. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, I think these companies are a buy. And anytime you're going value shopping and you're buying a company that's this beaten down, there's going to be heavy uncertainty around it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be this beaten down. I mean, Brandon, too. Also, if I see a company and uh, everybody is saying, you know, why are you getting in that? That's dropping down. That's awful. And and I hear so many people tell me that it's it's not worth getting in. In my personal, personal history of uh, trading stocks and investments and listening to other people, that has been a good sign. It's been a bullish sign. It's a sign of a bottom. Everybody, every, yeah. Everybody else has been like, oh, that's awful. That's yeah. awful. That's, you know, when I hear that from all the people I listen to, that's a sign that I'm like, okay, this is one to buy. Yeah, it's fine. I thought it was one to buy, but now everybody's telling me to sell. I'm buying. That's a good – you jump on stock twits and, and there's no bulls left. That's the bottom. Right? Then now you finally hit it. Yeah. When everybody has caught on that that was awful, okay, maybe we should buy this. Thing. Yeah. I still think when you have a company that gets hit hard and other comp- other stocks go down in sympathy with it, then sometimes it's it's a good idea to take a look at those other stocks that didn't have as big of a of an actual hit. I it's mean, like Alib- Alibaba didn't get blocked. Tencent? From, yeah. Yeah, Alibaba, Baidu, Tencent. But I, I still agree with you that I think DD is a buy. I think you just have to have a strong stomach for it. And, you know, have you, you patience. Gotta have di- you got to have those diamond hands and, and you'll make your money in return. And if you bought all these before now and they're dropping, now's a great time to lower your cost basis. Yep, I agree. Are we heading to $90 oil? We'll go into the next subject here. <laughs> oil. Oh, hey, hey, and everybody. 
Just so you know, Brandon is the one bringing up oil. I'm bringing up not oil me. this time. Not me. <laughs> it was a lot of drama between the UAE and Saudi Arabia this time around at the last OPEC meeting. What are they saying? Where are you where are you going with this? What do you what are you thinking here? I mean, you had what's your question? What's your question? This is. I mean, I just want to look at this real quick. The chart of Brent crude from January so 2020 we, to here, July 2021. I'll, I'll cover like the charts real quick. The charts are going. From the bottom left to the top right of oil. See, exactly. Well, you got that one big... Where'd you get that big... That was last year. Yeah. That was March 2020. Yeah, $10. Less than $10. Yeah. Going up consistently since, and it is still going up. We're almost... Are we above pre-pandemic levels as of today? We are. We are above pre-pandemic Around $70 a barrel. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Everybody's getting well, out, man. Oil is used in, in almost every single everyday packaging uh, of products that we use today in America. It is used everywhere. Mm-hmm. We are still shipping trucks and trailers are going out and they're powered by, by gas and oil. Airplanes flying across the country are powered by gas and oil. Yeah, we are we, still using oil like nothing else, and when its cost goes up, everything goes I, I th- up. I There's think something to watch, and then are the oil companies going up in turn? No, not, still we'll, not. We'll get to that. I think a lot of people expected OPEC to increase their output, but instead, you had a situation where the United Arab Emirates wanted to be allowed to produce more oil by themselves. And then Saudis actually disagreed with that, and they kind of were going to head-to-head and arguing about it and causing a lot of drama. The OPEC meeting ended with nothing. Nothing happened. There was no increase in uh, output, no decrease. Stayed the same. Dude, I mean, so when the pandemic first hit, they cut output by by 10 10 million barrels a day. They cut output immediately, right? Yep. And the price still went negative. They have yet to go. They have yet to raise that back up to that level, and that was still below where they were just a few years earlier. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if, uh, if there's no deal, we could be seeing ninety dollars a barrel crude relatively quickly as people are getting back out and going back out on vacation. Now, other people are seeing the other side of this. If they do wind up cutting. And uh, are not cutting, but increasing their output, and they abandon their current production cuts, then oil could fall really quickly. So we could go one way or the other here. We, I mean, we could go one way or the other. Just some American companies start yeah. opening up all the rigs that they have available to open up. You know, yeah. and now I, the- I just don't understand why more oil is not being pumped in the system. Or is are these oil companies? Push up the price to get the money now while they can. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we saw oil drop from its highest highs recently from just above $77 a barrel. And now it's just below, well, as of yesterday, $74 a barrel. So I think we're going to have some wild swings here. I mean, oil, just like any other commodity, uh, anything that's in the market that you can buy is relatively speculative. So there's going to be people speculating on all sides. We might see some wild gyrations here. I do think you see $90 a barrel. I do think it's going to happen. I mean, so between here, now and, and, yeah. and sorry, between now and September, that's where you're going to have the majority of your vacation taken, the majority of people taking flights, taking road trips, 
driving up the cost of oil, I think it's going to hit 90. Okay. So if oil hits 90, shouldn't U.S. oil companies' stock price go up in turn? They should, but I think investors are actually looking at the oil companies in the sense that they're saying, okay, let's see sustainable return of equity. Let's see you give me back money on a sustainable basis. So this may but be a spike. Dividends. They raised their dividends. They've kept the dividends this whole time. Yeah. So have so they, they been given back the money? I mean, we've seen situations in the past where oil has spiked and then it took a year to catch up with the stock prices. So maybe that happens again. I don't know. I would personally, like, I am seriously thinking about buying Schlumberger. I It is, like, right on the back of my mind. And then XOM. It's a possibility. Because I, I do think they're going to catch up. But wow, I, XOM. I, everybody, everybody I've seen, all the analysts have been saying... They're neutral on XLM. Everyone's saying it's a hold. I uh, I take analysts with a grain of salt sometimes. I mean, the only time <laughs> that I really look, okay, if somebody says something is a strong buy and then like everybody's agreeing on it, it's going to catch my attention. If somebody says it's a strong sell and everybody like agrees strong sell, that might catch my attention. I, if everybody I really said think, it's, it's, it's exactly where it needs to be, that doesn't catch your attention? I mean, but you have to research it and see if it makes sense to you. You know? Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yes. Yes. Do your research. Slumbers A, what did they exactly do? I mean, tell our listeners. Well, I mean, I just like the company and I like the management. It's just like I, I really haven't like done too much more research into it than so, what I've done so in the past. So they don't own the oil rigs. They don't own the oil fields, but they do all the uh, maintenance. They do all the yeah. work. They do all the uh, precision. They the, own a lot of the parts. And, they own a lot of the equipment. And this, uh, but they don't actually own the oil fields or the uh, the the, uh, the the rigs themselves. The stock has been highly unloved for the past five years, right? So I think it, and, I think it could turn around. And here here's my case for Schlumberger is that uh, the oil rig count. I go back to this again has been low. If you're going to turn on oil rigs, right? If you're going to turn on these oil fields, if you're going to get them all moving and growing again. Guess you have to pay to come in and turn them on and get them moving and get them maintained and serviced. SLB. You have to pay, pay Slumberger. That's who you have to pay. Somebody's got to come in and do the work to get them moving again, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why Slumberger is going to make money here in the future because they need the more oil fields in order to pump out more oil and lower this cost. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's why I see it as a play there. Uh, I also, if if the oil does continue going higher, are we going to see the hyperinflation of the mid seventies? Lines at the oil Listen, oil comp. Uh, I'm so sick and tired of hearing inflation is transient. I mean, what? Are, like a year from now, the guy that the guy that you hired for twenty five dollars an hour or thirty dollars an hour, are you going to go back to him and say, "Sorry, we made a mistake. We need to have you at about eighteen an hour." That's not going to happen. Those wages are sticky. And the prices are sticky now. They're not going down, and neither are the wages. So there's no, there are certain portions of inflation, like the cost of lumber, that's probably going to come back down. And it has been coming back down a little bit, I think. But the majority of inflation is here to stay. And so this is something the economy has to soak up. The, the, the claim is that GDP is going to rise 
and soak up the inflation and thus it won't be as bad as everybody's making it out to be. I can't see the, I mean, I, if anything, I see the economy may, maybe, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on this, but I think it might be headed more towards a downturn. It might be. I mean, I, to me, we won't start seeing it until the end of this year. Yeah, this is why I've been fairly overweight on foreign stocks. I mean, I do think that the American market is rather overvalued right now. But if we could stay like a nice middle ground on that 10-year yield, we're not there right now. We're too low. And you start seeing it push one uh, 125 and then go below that, then we're in real trouble. Because 125, that's the... Uh, that's the 200-day moving average of the 10-year yield. And if we, we see it drop below that, investors are probably going to panic. And if it goes below one, then it's real pro- real problems. But if we can peg it at about 1.5, then I think tech could go on an even bigger rally than what it's been on in the last month. Hmm. You sound to me like a lot like Rick Santelli. Yeah. That's what you sound like right now. Well, I'm trying to not be Jim Cramer. <laughs> the guy, the, geez, dude, you recommended Alibaba at 300. Then you recommended it again at 240. The risks that are with Alibaba today are the same risks that were with it back then. And now you're saying to be careful with it now that it's down to 198. When prices go down, your bullishness should go up. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard. I mean, so our record on the show we're somewhere around what eighty percent, eight out of ten, right? Yeah, we do get some wrong. We do get some wrong every now and then, and we come on here and we admit it. Yeah, but we're, I would say we're about eighty percent. And I don't know, man. I think Jay, Jim Cramer likes to double down. And yeah, double down when, when he goes I, when I, he goes wrong. I also think that he's a momentum guy, which is fine. So maybe I'm a little bit too hard. I think he likes to trade stocks that are already moving up rather than reach for value. So so here, as far as like, you know, when people say you're a momentum trader, swing trader, I just want, I want to breach off, talk about this for one second real quick. Uh, whether you're a swing trader, momentum trader, investment, diamond hands, paper hands, what have you, it doesn't matter. All that matters is if you're able to do your research, find some value, make some money, and you're successful at the type of trading you do, that's great. Right. And that's all we want from you. Right. You know, but you, I, my recommendation is that you find the type of trading that works for you. The Brandon and I, I, I'll tell you this, guys, Brandon and I do not trade the same, but yet we both make money. Yeah. Why is that? You say, well, we found what works for us and we stick with it. Yeah. And this and is a good time to throw in our disclaimer that we are not licensed financial advisors this show is for entertainment purposes we have a lot of experience between the both of us a lot of experience we are right eight out of ten most of the time right now you may be listening to this and saying what's happened happening to alibaba you're wrong well no because i'm not selling so give us some time okay we'll be right on it i think um, <laughs> That's funny. That's one way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do your own research, but you know, like hopefully this helps. Hopefully this is informative and hopefully it's entertaining. Yeah. And 
you know, like on Didi, I called it as a buy last week. You know, I still think it's a buy. I mean, if you if you sold, I I don't blame you, man. You saw it going down, and you 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 wanted to get out and cut your losses. I've done the same thing before too with other companies. You know, I I don't blame you one bit. I'm I like Didi uh, because of the the market in China is so big. And especially in the rest of Asia, and Didi is going to branch out and be in all the other countries in Asia, and it's so huge of a market. I mean, there's over a billion people in India. There's a billion people in China. You have so much of the world population over there that there's a huge market to make a ton of money off of, and that's why I say Didi. People are always like, "Well, they're not in America." Guess what? America only has 350 million people. Yeah. China, China's got four times as many people. Right. All right. Didi can make a ton of money and never touch foot in this soil. And there's a lot of opportunity in China. There's a lot of rural areas still that are just ripe for growth. And so, so, and that's why I say, you know, the, the, it, you know, it's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's not in, 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 anyways, we were talking about oil. Why, why did we get back on China? Well, we started oil. talking about this. Uh, I know. This, know, we just the going. difference in 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 um in the way people trade and the way people invest and and all of that, which I think yeah. is it's a great lesson for people, especially new people, right? I mean, go back and think about like all the stuff that you didn't know the first day you started investing. Oh goodness me! I'm surprised I made any good trades. I know, me too. I, I seriously, I if I if I made money, it was by luck. Yeah. Because I had no idea what I was doing. I was an idiot. Yeah. I was a complete idiot. I, I, I'll i tell you guys this. If you're just new to our podcast, I had $5,000 and I lost all of it. All of, Traded it down to zero and, in the first six months I first started and trading. The, you know, so the other thing that you have to think of too, stocks like this, they have very high demand. It's It may not be showing up in the price right now, but it will show up again. Baidu, Alibaba, Didi, Tencent, they all have very high demand. And when these stocks go down, they have, I don't know if you're familiar with physics, but it's similar to kinetic energy, right? And it's sort of a rubber band effect. When they drop like this far that they've dropped, oftentimes they'll come right back up. And if you're selling right now and taking big losses and you're going to try to go into another stock, it's going to take you a very long time to make that money back. A very long time. Whereas if you stay in these stocks and we're right about them, it won't be so bad. Right. Because, I mean, uh, we, I recommended DD because of the growth opportunity. The the I like the autonomous vehicle approach. I like the fact that they're gonna, not going to have all that overhead. No pension costs. No health care costs. None of these costs whatsoever. And they're going to be able to provide services to millions and millions and millions of people. I thought that was a great company. I'm curious. I just, uh, I got so excited. I blacked out a little bit. Did I say potential energy? Because I meant to say potential rather than kinetic. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. When a stock goes down, it has potential energy. Okay. There you go. There. Kinetic is when it's moving back it's, up. It all works, man. Yeah. I guess we're going to edit this out. Nah, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what else you got for us, man? What else that, you, got you know what? We we are halfway through the show, so uh, that's what I got for now. I'm going to push the rest off until uh, next week, I think. I think we're more than halfway through, man, aren't we? Uh, we are at 40 minutes and 47 <sighs> seconds. 
I tell you what, guys, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm gonna get just give to one last thing, and then we'll go into final thoughts. So prepare your final thoughts, Brandon. I'm gonna mention one last thing before we get into that. There was one that just came across my radar right before that we uh, started the show tonight. It was the first time I was hearing about this. I'm surprised it's the first time I was hearing about this. The the CEO was on uh, CNBC and I was watching his interview. And it, it got me interested. So now I'm going to look into this. I don't know anything more more about this company besides a general aspect of what they do. But this is one I'm going to look into and investigate and see what's behind it. Ticker symbol is G-A-M-E, G-A-M-E, game. That's and what that do, spells? Yes. <laughs> and they I do like, esports. Like games. They do games, Brandon. <laughs> um, they do esports. Uh and I want to see kind of what's going on with this because they came on there. They were on there for a couple of reasons. Number one, their stock's up 80% over the last year. And number two, they are suing DraftKings. So I was wondering what's going on with that. What's an esports uh, uh, company suing DraftKings for? Wow. Hmm. So a couple things I wanted to look into. I don't know anything more about it than that, guys. But uh, that was one. Final thoughts, Brandon. Final thoughts. Uh, you know what? When when things start to uh, go sour, just think about the reasons why they're going sour. Think if they make sense. Think if they're actually affecting the company's operations. And then uh, make your decision after that. There you go. There you go. Brandon uh, is calling Schlumber's A. I'm still calling Schlumber's A as well. I'm a big buyer of that. I'm also a huge buyer of DD. Um, I'm going to sink some more money into it now. I'm not uh, saying this. Okay. I do think it's a good buy. I'm not saying necessarily that I'm going to get into it. Okay, we'll gotcha. We'll find out. We'll find out. And then I'm also putting Whirlpool and Boston Beer on my uh, on my watch list as well. Just your watch list? All yeah. right. So Schlumberze is only on my buy list and DD. I own Schlumberze. I own Rig. I own DD. Um, I will be looking for more, and I'm going to be investigating game. They are now on my watch list. Cool. Cool. All right, guys, we hope we've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everybody to make money. You have a good night. See you next week.